The last time we spoke with New Brunswick couple Friedel and Andrew Grant, they'd handed in their notice at work, sold their house, liquidated their possessions, and were two weeks into their bicycle tour around the world. That was September 2006. Their plans were fluid. They had no previous biking experience other than commuting to work. Well, three years and 47,000 kilometers later, they're back in the province. They've wheeled through Asia, the Middle East, Australia, and New Zealand, Europe, and North America. They sent us an email last week to let us know they were winding down their journey, and we've reached Friedel Grant this afternoon in Hampton. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello. If you would, think back three years ago when you first started out. What sense did you have that you would last as long as you did on the road? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I... I don't really think we had a sense. We just thought we're going to go until we stop having fun. And um, every day, well, almost every day was fun, so we just kept on going. Uh, we we always knew in the back of our heads that if it didn't work out, we could put our bikes on a train. But, uh, you know, it just never got to that point. We just had a blast the whole way through. So, Because I don't need to tell you, three years is a really long time. You know, I'm sure to people from the looking at it from the outside, they think that it's a long time, but for us, it just went by so quickly. And now, as I sit here, we're unpacking our boxes and going through our things, and I'm looking back on it. It just feels like a dream. It just doesn't even think. It doesn't even feel like we actually did it, but I guess we did. Well, you must roll your eyes when people say, "What's new?" <laughs> How do you even begin to explain? Um, a lot of times we don't really explain. We we attract an awful lot of attention when we're on our bicycles because they just look so different. And so people are always coming up and asking us what we're doing and where we're going. And sometimes we just say, oh, we've come from the last town or the last city. And, and they say, oh, my goodness, really? <laughs> <laughs> and we think, if only you knew half the story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, yeah, that's one of the real charms about uh, the kind of travel that we've been doing for the last three years on the bike. Every single day is new. Well, obviously, three years of travel produces a million stories, but I'm going to ask you to tell us your highlights. So uh, maybe in a country that most of us wouldn't consider biking through, like Iran, for instance. That that was far and away our favorite country. Um, if we had a free plane ticket back to one place on our trip tomorrow, that is without a doubt where we would go. The people were just so incredibly friendly. And I, I know there's a lot of um, political issues around Iran, but if you just put all that aside, and the people there really do, they don't judge you for where you're from or anything like that. They're just so interested to talk to you and also to show you hospitality from their hometown. And so we were constantly being invited into people's homes, or if we ever had a problem, even like a minor one, maybe we couldn't find bread in a particular town, there was always someone there. People would run into their houses and give us the bread that they had or invite us home for lunch, and uh, just an incredibly hospitable culture. Uh, just amazing. I can't say enough good things about the people there. So, And they just had such a creative way, too, of of doing things. I remember one morning, we were staying with a family, and they said, oh, this morning we're going for a picnic. And I thought, 8 a.m., picnic? Okay. <laughs> and uh, we looked outside. It was February. We were in Tehran. They were having the coldest winter in 50 years. And darned if they didn't get together 10 of their friends to have a breakfast picnic at the top of a mountain in February. How lovely. <laughs> 
lovely. You know, when we had our – at first we thought this was a bit odd, a breakfast picnic at a top of a mountain in the winter. I don't know how many Canadians would be up for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you called your friends, whether they would say, sure, let's go. But, uh, you know, we had a great time. We brought big uh, thermoses of tea and some bread, and it was great. I would have thought just getting visas would have been daunting for a country like that. Um, for Iran, it's actually not too bad. Uh, it's, it's, there's a process that you have to go through and it takes some time, but it's reasonably easy. I'm not sure if that, how much that still holds after the, the problems that they've been having recently, but certainly at the time we were there, it wasn't really an issue. Some of the other countries, some of the ex-Soviet countries will really try your patience. I couldn't get over. You went to places like Kajikistan and Kurdistan. Yeah. <laughs> they sound exotic, don't they? And they, they certainly are when you do. get there. And, Sometimes the fact that you have to fight your way through that bureaucracy is kind of the charm of the place because when you get there, there are very few tourists and it's a very untouched, raw sort of uh, landscape and to visit. So the fact that you've worked so hard to get there, the reward is when you get there and you have it all to yourself and you don't really have to share it with anyone. I don't know if there are too many places in the world left that you can really say that about, but certainly Central Asia is one of those. And what about the infrastructure? Would it even support that kind of bike trip? Um, well, in fact, having a bike is a huge advantage because you don't have to rely on the public transport, which may not be as widespread as in a country like Thailand, for example. Mm-hmm. So because you have a bike, you're completely free. Sometimes the roads are bumpy, uh, so you have to deal with that. You have to be prepared to go with more mountain bike-type tires and, and ride out you know, the rocky roads, that sort of thing. But there's always a, a market in every little town, so getting food isn't a problem. It's simple. I mean, we lived on a diet of cabbage and carrots for months. But, you know, we we did all right. And then sometimes you'll get into, like, a hotel, and because it's the ex-Soviet Union, they don't maintain those hotels so well anymore. So there may or may not be running water or even hot water was a real luxury. If we found hot water, that was just amazing. So you but, periodically did do hotels? So in, in countries like that, we did. In the developed world, not so much because it's too expensive for us. But in the lesser developed countries, we did. But what I was going to say about the hotels in the ex-Soviet countries is even though the hotels aren't in great shape, in every town they have a bathhouse. So when we couldn't get a hot shower in the hotel, we'd just go across the street to the bathhouse, and there you just have buckets and buckets of hot water. And you could dump them over yourself and a nice, uh, uh, like, birch, birch sticks that you use to beat themselves and get the dirt off. It's all clean. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're when in Rome. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> If you haven't had a shower in a week, anything looks good, yeah, right? <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah. You must have run across a lot of people who had never even, in those countries anyway, never even met a Westerner. And sometimes we did, yeah. And in Thailand, we ran into a group of school kids who were very shy. Normally, kids are all over us. You know, they want to ring the bell on the bike, and they want to sit on the bike. And these kids were very, very shy. We were near the border with Burma or Myanmar. And uh, we asked their teacher, who spoke a little bit of English, why they were so quiet. And he said they've never seen a white person before. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about the biggest scrape you were in. You know, we were really very lucky. Um, we didn't have any major problems with people on the whole. Um, I, I have to say the moment that I think we both thought we were going to die actually happened in Canada, and we were cycling from Sault Ste. Marie to Sudbury. And the traffic on that narrow little highway is just terrible. And <laughs> a few times with those big trucks coming up behind us, we thought, oh, dear, are we gonna, is this going to be it? You know, the final thousand kilometers, we might not make it. But um, on the whole, we really had very, very good luck with people. 
I would say 99% of people that we met were nice and kind to us and had no problems. Occasionally the police followed us in some countries. That usually wasn't too long-lived. And uh, we did have a few problems sometimes with it always seemed to be um, truck drivers. I don't know why, but so, sometimes they were very nice to us. Sometimes they would stop and give us all kinds of fruit. And then occasionally I just think they weren't. They had maybe ideas about uh, maybe a woman on a bicycle. They didn't see that so much in their country. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they would stop and, and do some things that weren't so appropriate. But uh, I I try not to make a big deal of that because if you think the number of people that we met every day that were total strangers to us over the course of about 1,100 days of traveling. And I honestly, the number of people that made us feel uncomfortable, I could count on one hand. Well, so, that's impressive, you know. Never held up. Bikes never stolen. No, nothing. It's really quite amazing. No, the only thing we lost were two towels, and I was responsible for both those. <laughs> <laughs> I think if if this bike trip has really done one overwhelming thing for us, it's convinced us that the world is a good place. Would that be the overall theme, you'd say? Absolutely. I, you know, it's so easy to sit at home and watch the news and say that, oh, it's a dangerous world out there or there's a lot of crime, whatever, but... Honestly and truly, when you think of, as I said, 1,100 days of cycling through so many different countries, religions, all different races, languages, um, many times we didn't speak the language, and five, maybe five people we felt slightly uncomfortable with, it's nothing. I mean, that can happen here at home, right? Mm. (laughs) Over the course of three years, we can find five people that we don't really get along with. So, uh, yeah, I think for me that really reinforced our, our belief that, the world is overwhelmingly a wonderful place. Well, it's certainly nice to be able to say it's a good place. It's uh, another thing altogether to, to know that. It's, it's an incredible statement, really, when you think of it, huh? Yeah, I guess it's, uh, I just hope that maybe we can encourage other people to travel, because sometimes it's quite scary. People sometimes ask us what the scariest part of our trip was, and I, I think both of us would say it was actually setting out the front door into that great void that is the unknown. Mm-hmm. And once we got on our bikes and started going, it was actually all quite easy. Well, do you have a book in the offing? Because you certainly have a tremendous website. Well, yeah, <laughs> we do have a book. I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to collate all the different stories and tales from the trip. But hopefully in a year or so, if I start working on it, then we'll have a book ready to go. Because I was uh, going through the website looking at all the various places you were going. And, and there were tremendous hints on you know how to bike through Kajikistan. And I read it. Knowing fully well, I'd never bike through Kajikistan. <laughs> well, you might now. <laughs> well, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe perhaps you've changed my mind. But uh, it really is quite something to uh, go through it country by country by country. Yeah, it's uh, one of the really nice things as well about the trip is that the travel was slow. And so, you know, we didn't, even though we went to all these exotic places that before we couldn't even picture in our mind, let alone imagine traveling or spending a month there, the, the beauty of the bicycles, you go so slow, you don't really get any culture shock. Yeah. It just changes on you very gradually, and by the time you get to that border, you're almost prepared for what's coming next. It doesn't seem so strange, as opposed to just, you know, hopping on a plane in in Moncton or Halifax and flying halfway around the world and being plopped into something entirely foreign. I feel really privileged to have seen what we did, actually, and, and to go to all these places that I suppose if we sat home and read books, you know, and planned trips, it would have taken years and years to get to all of them, but we, we kind of saw them all at once. And, and very often, again, because of the nature of our travel, people would invite us in for the night, and then the next day they would take us on a guided tour of their town. 
you know, and it would be a local showing you around what's beautiful or what's important. Or in Iran, someone took us into the back alleys of a marketway to show us how the silk carpets were made. And those are things I think if we'd just gone on our own as as normal tourists, if you want to call it that, with a backpack or whatever, I don't think we would have necessarily seen. Well, it's certainly a trip of a lifetime. It was. It was uh, incredible. And in fact, we'd like to do it all again. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the bank account balance is a bit low, but we're already planning the second one. Save up. <laughs> Thanks so much for speaking with us. You're very welcome. We'll talk again, I'm sure. I hope so. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Friedel Grant, along with her husband, Andrew, have just finished a three-year bicycle odyssey around the planet. And if you want to learn more or get some uh, help planning your own adventure, they've got an incredible website, very uh, entertaining. Just go to traveling to one word, so that's traveling to two.com. That's all it is. You'll find out all about their trip.